Whether it was Rita Mae Brown or Albert Einstein who first said it, the quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, might just as well have been written to describe society's past few hundred years of weight loss efforts. From the famous milk cure of the early 1800s, when dieters traveled deep into the Swiss Alps for the privilege of being assigned their own personal cow, whose freshly milked udders provided their sole source of sustenance for 7 to 14 days, to William Banting's blockbuster 1864 bestseller Letter on Corpulence, to the 1970s 700-calorie Scarsdale diet, grapefruit diets, and cabbage soup diets, there's certainly not been any shortage of traumatic diets over the years. The modern day isn't much different. For every ridiculous diet that falls out of favor, a new ridiculous diet is born. While all of these diets have markedly different methods of calorie control, they all share a common theme. In order to lose weight, you have to suffer. There's an underlying belief that success resides in white-knuckle willpower, in under-eating, over-exercising, and somehow learning to like it. These ideas are echoed not just by individuals, but by the media, the entertainment industry, and even our public health officials and allied health professionals. So do any dieters succeed in not just losing but in actually keeping it off? A recent poll revealed that of the two-thirds of us who have medically significant amounts of weight to lose, nearly 60% have tried more than six times to lose weight. Of those who've tried more than six times, 34% report having tried more than 20 times. And 66% of those report they've tried so many times they've lost count. What is it about how we're dieting that leads us, seemingly regardless of our chosen dietary approaches, to keep failing? Sure, you can point to various diets that have helped you lose weight, but why hasn't any diet been shown to help people uniformly keep it off? You might think that after literally centuries of different diets, at least one or two of them would have hit that mark. How is it possible that so many divergent approaches to dieting could fail so many people? From low-fat to low-carb, and from macrobiotic vegan to paleo, you'd think that given the incredible variety of approaches, if there were such a thing as the right diet, or the best diet, one of them would have led not only to significant losses, but also to their lifelong maintenance. Truly, success with dieting must be measured by a diet's ability to help dieters keep their weight off, and not by simply the losing. But what if it's not the foods involved in the diets themselves that is tripping dieters up? Could there be some underlying collective feature that, despite their incredibly different recommendations, ties low-fat to low-carb, Ornish to Atkins? Some shared narrative that leads even those who successfully lose a great deal of weight on any given diet plan to abandon their efforts and eventually find themselves right back where they started, or worse yet, having gained back more than they'd lost in the first place. Those were the questions nagging at me back in 2001 when I began my medical career as a physician with a traditional family practice in Canada's capital. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 65 to 70% of my patients had overweight or obesity, and a great many of them wanted to lose. With North America's $60 billion commercial weight loss industry, they had no shortage of diets or weight loss programs to consider, and they'd often ask me which diet or program they should try. Unfortunately, I had no wise answers. The thing is, medical schools and residencies don't adequately train doctors to provide thorough, helpful, and actionable advice regarding weight management or nutrition. 
That's a strange thing, too, as diet and weight-related diseases have taken over from smoking as our number one preventable causes of death. And we doctors, well, death's the primary thing we're supposed to be trying to at least delay.